Do you have something you want to improve about yourself? Maybe it's something petty or embarrassing. That's where Personal Best comes in. Personal Best from CBC Podcast is a self-improvement show for people who don't like self-improvement. Vulture calls it a delightfully dorky romp through a world of hidden wants and quiet dreams. And Time Magazine says it's one of the funniest podcasts to hit our earbuds in years. Did they really say that? That is really nice of them. Find Personal Best on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. And now let's hear from our champion, Coco Golf. It's been the summer of Coco. Congratulations, Coco. This is a very, very serious matter. We're not serious. Let's be serious. I did everything right and they indicted me. Because news. With Gavin Crawford. I'm Gavin Crawford. Welcome to Because News, Canada's Funniest News Quiz. WD-40 is altering its formula in order to get around the Canadian government's new restrictions on volatile compounds. The government thought it had WD-40 this time, but it looks like it slipped through the cracks again. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what it does. That joke was just to lubricate the audience. Over the next 30 minutes, we'll be making games out of the news. Let us welcome this week's panel. It's been about six months. We brought this guy back to give everyone a boost. Open a vein for Eric Peterson. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And joining us today, because this seemed like a good week to cancel on the Drew Barrymore show, it's comedian Fiona O'Brien. Hello, how are you? And finally, he has been called an inspiration and a role model, and thankfully not by Ashton Kutcher. Say hello to Miguel Rivas. Hey, that's not fair. (laughs) Hello, I'm here. All right, panel, are you ready? Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Then let's go. Here we go. Well, it has been just over four months since the sun went down on Canadian icon Gordon Lightfoot. But the legend lives on in the headlines this week. A farm in New Brunswick is honoring the songwriter in a unique way. Have a listen to these altered lyrics and see if you can guess the news story. If you can find the exit, what a tale your kids could tell. And if it's too confusing, lean on my nose and rest a spell. And when you reach the part where my hairline starts, I think you should go left. (laughs) There's corn behind my ear. And if you can't find your way out, don't scream and shout. You can try again next year. All right, panel, there are your altered lyrics. How, how, how are these farmers honoring Gordon Lightfoot? 
Well, this is an amazing story, eh? <laughs> they have their cornfield and they do a maze every year. They cut different things and the mazes are so much fun, eh? You're in there, you're lost, you take the wrong turn, they can't go this way, you go that way, you can hear your friends laughing from the other one and you finally get to the center and they're honoring Gordon Lightfoot because this year, when you finally get to the center, there it is. The wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get a point for that, although the last part is not true. (laughs) The headline reads, Canadian Farm honors music legends with intricate corn maze design. Every year, Chip and Tom Hunter, co-owners of the Hunter Brothers Farm in New Brunswick, create a corn maze that celebrates Canadian history. This year, they paid tribute to Gordon Lightfoot, along with another Canadian music great. What other musician is hiding in the corn? Stan Rogers is who we're thinking. Yes, it, it is, is indeed. Yeah. So, it is Stan Rogers. Stan Rogers. <laughs> did you see a picture of the corn maze? I yeah, did. Yeah. I did, and uh, I don't mean to be inappropriate, but I think it's really funny that they they paired Gordon Lightfoot with Stan Rogers, who I'm sure was a wonderful guy and musician. Oh, wonderful. But they really made sure that Gordon Lightfoot's image was enormous and centered, and Stan Rogers is kind of photo bombing the corn maze, <laughs> just a little bit over the back, being like, "I'm here too. Sorry." Yeah. He's been dead longer. It is the 40th anniversary of the passing of Stan Rogers. Remind me of a Stan Rogers song. No, what's the one, you know, on a, on a drunken pier on Nova Scotia? What's that? Bear, wait, somebody sing it. Come on. Hey, you spoke up. Now you got to <laughs> sing up. Just, just start the tune for me. I wish I was in Sherbrooke. No. What's the cor- with a something? Hey, yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. No, no, that's not, that's not it. Can't believe I ended up in the corn. <laughs> Stirring tribute to Stan God, Rogers. I'm sorry, Stan. <laughs> in the past years, the six-acre corn maze was made in the shape of the blue nose, also Terry Fox, along with other iconic Canadian images. Chip Hunter said the payoff to making the corn maze is simply seeing families spend quality time together doing what? Getting lost and losing their children. Yeah. yeah. Pretending to look for them. Yeah. (laughs) Chip Hunter said the payoff is seeing families spend quality time together, not being on their phones. Moving from musicians in the country to country musicians. That's right. The Canadian Country Music Awards will be handed out this weekend in Hamilton, Ontario. And while we were scanning the list of the nominees, we discovered a surprising fact that no other news outlets seem to be reporting on. A whopping six of the nominated songs all have to do with the same subject. Can you guess what theme so many of the nominated country songs share this year? I'm going to go with the usual your wife's a home-wrecking harlot. Uh, it is not that. Miguel? Trucks. Beer. Nope. You are correct. It's booze. Yeah. Yes. Three of the nominated songs include I Ain't Drunk, Wastin' Whiskey, and Back to Drinkin' Whiskey. Then there is this one by Ontario's country music duo The Recklaws. It's nominated for Single of the Year, Miguel Rivas. Have a listen to this clip, and when I stop the song, be ready to finish the lyric. Uh Next morning you were leaving, that evening you were mine. Who would have thought we'd have the best damn time with beer (laughs) and whiskey? The truckers were right. (laughs) Who would have thought we'd have the best damn time with, here's the correct answer, who would have thought we'd have the best damn time with 11 beers off in the 
11 beers. Oh, there's nothing like getting home from work, kicking back, and having 11 <laughs> beers. <laughs> Just a regular Tuesday. Oh, he has it with his sweetie, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 they, they, they share. He gives her one. So there are six, they are six and five. <laughs> All right, coming to you, Fiona. Yep. Matt Lang and Tyler Joe Miller are nominated for Musical Collaboration of the Year for this love song they wrote to beer. <laughs> Have a listen and be ready to finish the lyric. Yeah, what do you think, Matt? Make you a tall boy or a king king. Just put it right here in my hand. I don't care where it's from. It'll taste just fine. Never. I don't care where it's from. It'll taste just fine. I never... I never drink Guinness because it runs right through me. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> Let's see if you're correct. I don't care where it's from, it'll taste just fine. I never met a beer, met a beer that I didn't like. I never met a beer that I didn't like. Oh. That's, that's not who you want to get your beer recommendations from. No. <laughs> Which one's good? All of them? <laughs> what beer should I buy? Beer? <laughs> eleven of them. <laughs> uh, probably the best beer is eleven. <laughs> All right, coming to you, Eric Peterson. Finally, let's turn to the legendary Gord Bamford, who's nominated for this duet with Terry Clark. It's called, well, I'll let you figure it out. I didn't mean to put on that hearted jukebox song just I'm just stoned. That's a good that guess. Is. It is a very good guess. It is not correct. Oh. Anyone for the steal? I'm not drunk. I'm just... Drinking. The audience is correct. Here is the actual song. I know what you're thinking. I ain't drunk. I'm just drinking. I do have a question, though. How come every one of the songs we heard from the Canadian Country Music Awards all have southern accents? <laughs> I ain't drunk. Why are they singing like that? The American audience. Well, that's a reasonable answer. Yeah. <laughs> Why else do we do anything else in this country? It's because when you American sing country music, audience. you just get that accent. Yeah, I guess. They're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Because news. Because news. Canada's funniest news quiz. This week on the panel, it's Fiona O'Brien, Miguel Rivas, and the dastardly Eric Peterson. The dastardly! Panel, it's time to play something I call Secret Identity. A new bombshell biography is making headlines. The subject of this book is a controversial figure. Some call them a hero, others a villain. To protect their identity, we've concealed these quotes using AI. Have a listen to HAL 9000 and try to reveal the secret identity. That is no excuse. I'm extremely disappointed. You need to figure out where your priorities are. We're changing the world and changing history. And you either commit or you don't. I would like to allocate more time to dating. I need to find a girlfriend. That's why I need to carve out just a little more time. How much time does a woman want a week? Maybe 10 hours. That's kind of the minimum. I don't know. Wow. Those are quotes from an actual human. For the point, what newsmaker 
said those words. Elon Musk. You are correct oh, for the point. Wow. It is indeed the world's richest person. You know, he sounds just person. like the voice inside my own head. <laughs> <laughs> that is indeed the world's richest person, Elon Musk. The headline from The Economist is Impulsive and Destructive, Elon Musk as Depicted in New Book. Mm. Elon Musk didn't write this book, uh, but it is a book about Elon Musk called Elon Musk by Walter Isaacson. In a review, the New York Times concluded that Elon is good at coming up with great ideas, but alas, something always gets in his way. What is always getting in Elon's way? The Scooby-Doo gang. <laughs> and if it wasn't for those pesky kids, he would have got away with it, too. The answer is not those pesky kids. <laughs> well, uh, since he's described as a kind of mercurial man-child, I think what gets in the way of his good ideas is probably his potty training or his nap. <laughs> <laughs> Fiona. Oh, that's good, thank you. Um, I'm going to say same as myself, what gets in my way? Housework and the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> that's what gets in the way of the world's richest person. Yes. <clears throat> Has to be done. According to the New York Times, the headline reads, Elon Musk wants to save humanity, the only problem, people. Yes. <laughs> bit of a problem with the people. Musk is painted in the book as a CEO who has angry outbursts and multiple personalities. Those closest to Elon said that when Musk's temper flares, he goes into a certain mode. What mode? Well, we all know he goes into the jackass mode. Yeah. I was going to say toddler mode. Mm, toddler all good toddler. guesses. Demon mode. Demon oh. They call it demon mode. The Tesla and X, formerly Twitter owner, has a few work maxims, he goes by. Complete this office motto. Blank is dangerous, according to Elon Musk. In the office, what is dangerous? Um, adequate pay. <laughs> Fiona? Gossip. Gossip is a good guess. Eric? Wind. <laughs> Think about it. The correct answer? Camaraderie is dangerous. Wow. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. What that's, a lonely, that's... lonely man. Yeah, he's no friends. That's the mark of a fun boss. Yeah. <laughs> Elon says camaraderie makes it hard to criticize other people's work. Look to the left of you. Now look to the right of you. These are your enemies. Yeah, yeah don't speak to them. <laughs> don't speak to them. I don't know. My comrades have never had any problem telling me my faults. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't seem and to I'm be a problem for me. And I'm still sorry about that, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. There is one claim that's made in this new book that the author is having to walk back. What quite startling claim does the book make that is now in dispute? That his hairline is natural. <laughs> we all saw those old PayPal photos. Fiona? Isn't it something to do with the Wi-Fi? He turned off the Ukraine's Wi-Fi? You are correct for the point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. The Rolling Stone headline reads, Elon Musk biographer walks back claim that Musk secretly sabotaged Ukraine attack against Russia. The book initially claimed that Elon ordered his Starlink satellite engineers to cut off the internet to stop a Ukrainian attack on Russia. Musk says the satellites were never active in that region, and he simply refused to turn them on as it would allow for drone strikes. Well, if Elon said it, then it must be true, because he never lies. So, it, Is it weird for one person to have that much possible influence over a war? Yes. 
I, I think people don't realize like how reliant specifically the U.S. government has become on Elon Musk. He's like personally responsible for the electric car charging network across America. He's responsible for future space travel. Mm-hmm. He's responsible for too much. Plus, he's bad at jokes on Twitter. <laughs> he is. But I think we're living in these psychotic times of, mm-hmm. of the, in the lunatic. You know, there's so many lunatics lo- loose in the world. Like, we have, you know, we've got Putin, we've got Kim Jong-un, Donald Trump, and, mm-hmm. you know, all these guys working out their, their psychological problems, in, uh, not in the safety of some psychiatrist's office. They're working them out in the real world, when all we can do when they struggle with their daddies and their... <laughs> And they're all powerful feelings of... I don't know if this means anything, but they also all have insane haircuts. There's something there. There's something there. What I will say about the fighting and I'm turning the Wi-Fi off, like when my kids are acting the maggots and fighting with each other, I'll pull the Wi-Fi. (laughs) I have that bit of power and I'm going to use it. (laughs) Yeah, it does seem a bit weird, like launching thousands of satellites into space and using them to possibly leverage military control of foreign countries sounds like something a Bond villain might do. Which brings me to this game, Elon Musk or Bond villain. Okay. I'm going to describe you a world-changing plan. You have to tell me whether the plan was concocted by Elon Musk or a Bond baddie. Eric Peterson, I'm going to start with you. Yes, I'm ready. Have a listen to my plan. My plan is to implement microchips into humans that can control their brain activity, and I don't care how many monkeys died during the testing. Elon Musk. That is correct. That is Elon Musk's company, Neuralink, which is currently in human trials. He hates monkeys because they have too much camaraderie. Exactly. I have to say the sentence for legal purposes, but it's my favorite sentence I may have ever said. Elon denies that any healthy monkeys have died. The tests only use terminal monkeys. <laughs> oh, my God. You can catch terminal monkeys playing at the Transact Club. Um, <laughs> sounds like a band. It is a good name. Sort of a noise rock band. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Miguel, moving to you. Have a listen to this plan. I am going to create and sell a small device that can pinpoint and then reveal the location of every nuclear submarine in any fleet in the world. Whose plan was that? Elon Musk or a Bond villain? That's Elon Musk again. That is a Bond villain. That is the plan of uh, Christados and for your eyes only. That's a good plan. (laughs) Uh, Finally, Fiona, you get this last one. My plan is to hold a cage match against the only other man as rich as I am. And we will fight in it. (laughs) Who came up with that plan? Musk or a Bond baddie? It's Elon Musk. It is Elon Musk challenging Mark Zuckerberg to a cage match, which they did back and forth all summer and then never had the fight. Imagine being so bad at imaginary fighting that everyone's like, Mark Zuckerberg could kick your ass. (laughs) Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. 
Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Look up in the sky, panel. It's a bird. It's a plane. Nope, it's a politician. The Conservative Party leader was making headlines this week for pretending to be something on his way back from Quebec City. What was Pierre Poiliev pretending to be? He was pretending he was a flight attendant. He was pretending to be the captain of the plane. As a matter of fact, the headline is Pierre Poiliev flies high with impromptu in-flight speech. Here is Captain Pierre. Captain, warning, a little bit of turbulence, but it will only last about two years, at which time we'll have a totally new crew and pilot in charge of the plane, we'll pierce through the storm, safely land in our home, the country we know and love, your home, my home, our home, let's bring it home. I believe he's describing the role of a hijacker. (laughs) Mid-flight, we're taking over! New crew, new captain! Some people were upset with WestJet for letting Polyev take over the in-flight PA system. One famous Canadian announced they will be boycotting WestJet for letting Pierre take the mic. Who said that? The bound and gagged pilot on the plane. (laughs) Incorrect. Fiona? Yes. I'm going with Celine Dion. <laughs> You're in the ballpark, Eric. Well, it was Trudeau, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was not. Uh, it was Jan Arden. She tweeted, a PA system on a plane is for the flight crew, full stop, not a political soapbox for social media. Also, I love that that, that uh, clip went viral and it's like, look at all these people cheering for Polyev's speech. That plane is leaving the conservative convention. <laughs> and those are all people who are at the convention. So. It was a public flight, but it was full of conservative party members coming back from the caucus meeting. While Polyev was flying high, Trudeau was not flying at all. Why was the prime minister grounded in India? Well, it turns out his private jet is no more reliable than, uh, <laughs> than you know, cheap charters. So he had, a, you know, the rubber band that propels his airplane snapped and uh, they had to wait for a replacement to come from Canada. The plane broke down. The headline from The Guardian reads, Canada PM Justin Trudeau stuck in India after plane breaks down as a result of these technical difficulties. Trudeau was late to a party. What party? I think we all know he was trying to get to Burning Man. <laughs> Good thing he missed that. Yeah. <laughs> Fiona, what was he late for? Um, a divorce party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. Um, Eric. Oh, it was a pity party in London that the, cons- uh, the liberals were holding that he was going to be late for. The old pity party. Like, what the hell's happened to the polls? Yes, you are correct. I mean, I don't think they called it a pity party. It was more <laughs> a caucus retreat. <laughs> The headline from CP24 is Federal Liberal Caucus Begins Without Trudeau. According to the CBC News, there was some frank and blunt discussion with the Prime Minister about what's not working. The Liberals are seeing their worst poll numbers since before they took office eight years ago. The headline from the Globe and Mail is Justin Trudeau's luck appears to be running out. Oh, just because his plane won't work, just because he can't live in the house that he's living in, just because the liberals are the lowest in the polls, and just because his, his wife has left him, don't think that his luck has run out. <laughs> <laughs>
while both leaders have very different styles, they do share something in common. According to CBC News, one thing now defines both men. Mm. What defines both Trudeau and Polyev? They both have uh, like a fine head of hair. They're also both secretly jacked under their button-ups. Yes. I don't know if you can tell. Think about look at Pierre Polyev next time. He's like ripped. And we've all seen Trudeau do the fall down the stairs gag and the lean on the desk gag. They're they're the fittest prime minister candidates of all time. <laughs> yes, yeah, CBC wrote they have something in common. They're both jacked under those shirts. <laughs> With beautiful hair. What defines both of them according to CBC News? Housing. The headline is The Politics of Housing Now Defines Both Trudeau and Polyev. The cost of housing seems to be one of the biggest issues in the country right now. Is it an issue for you? Yeah. I rent over here, and I've been renting for 11 years, two different places, and I've been looking for a rental. I finally found somewhere, but it's a nightmare. Like, the prices are huge, and they want bank statements, notice of assessments, your firstborn. You know what I mean? It's unbelievable trying to get a rental. There's like bidding wars now. They want six months rent up front. and Six months rent up front? That's what people are saying. Yeah. Who has that ready to go? Yeah, exactly. Nobody. Oh, God. <laughs> right? But yeah, they have to get some affordable housing in here and they have to, I mean, they are building, but it's all for greed. Eric, you're from the days when someone working in the theater could buy a house. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. The theaters never paid that way. That's true. Street Legal bought me a house. <laughs> hey, all right. Street Legal bought me a house. And now I've had to take out a line of credit to almost to its full worth to try and get the, the kids a house. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's tough. Whatever happens, there are two people who will be unaffected by the cost of housing. Who is immune to this crisis? Well, Trudeau. <laughs> and? I don't know how to pronounce it. Polyver? You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Unaffected are Trudeau and Polyev because Poly- <laughs> uh, they live in houses paid for by the taxpayers. <laughs> <laughs> Because News. This week I'm joined by panelists Fiona O'Brien, Miguel Rivas, and Eric the Tank Peterson. (laughs) Panel, something is back in the headlines that most Canadians hoped we had seen the end of. So let's brighten up this bad news with another song. (laughs) Have a listen to this boy band classic. And prepare to quiz. Oh my God, it's back again. Got a question for you, better ask your friends. Is it original? No, no. Is it the only one? No, no. Can it protect you all? Don't know. Is it targeted to hit the strain that's currently around antibodies <laughs> in your body? Get that shot, <laughs> Vax is back, all All right, Paddle, there's your clue. Uh, It's not original. It's not the only one, but it's back and better than ever. What is it? 
Well, Gavin, I think you made a mistake there because you sang the Backstreet Boys, and it's actually NSYNC who got back together this week at the MTV Awards. <laughs> it was nice to see them together because famously, not friends. They don't like each other. No. But that is not correct. Fiona. COVID's back. Yes, uh, but more specifically, something else. Uh, Eric? The new variant. The vaccine. The headline from CBC reads, Health Canada approves Moderna's updated COVID-19 vaccine. Hmm. Teresa Tam announced the new COVID shots are arriving just as cases are beginning to climb. This updated Moderna shot is designed to fight many of the latest variants out there. Can anyone tell me the name of the current leading variant in Canada? It's BA.2.86. And at first, I didn't know if that was the new COVID variant, or maybe that Elon Musk had another <laughs> child. baby. <laughs> at the time of taping, the leading variant is EG.5. The new vaccines will arrive in October. Meanwhile, the variants arrived a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, have you been waiting for this vaccine update? Yeah, I've, I feel con- I personally feel confused about what to do because mm-hmm. I feel like the recommendation has been make sure you get your next vax, but also wait for this new one unless you're part of this group, but also keep waiting if you're part of that group too. So I've done nothing. <laughs> How about that? At Saanich Peninsula Hospital in B.C., 18 patients recently tested positive for COVID-19, but public health officials aren't declaring that an outbreak. Why not? They don't like those 18 people. (laughs) (laughs) 18 bad people. Eric. Well, I mean, you know, if you had, a, you know, if you had a, what, 26 kids with E. coli and it wasn't declared an emergency in Alberta, why are you going to declare in B.C. 18 people with COVID? Yeah. They uh, don't want to show favoritism, yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> We're not a country to panic. The CBC News headline reads, B.C. hospital sees fast spread of COVID-19, but no outbreak declared due to negative connotations. <laughs> <laughs> That's like um, in, the, in the 50s, if your teenage daughter gets pregnant, you send her away. <laughs> we don't want anyone to think ill of our family. Yeah, no negative connotations here. Officials at the Regional Health Authority wrote, it's very clear that the word outbreak has very negative connotations <laughs> to the public and would have attracted media attention. <laughs> wow, wait. Oh. Yeah, it is a weird way to be like, it's a lot of cases, but it's not an outbreak. More of a situation. (laughs) It's sort of like, uh, sorry, is this theater on fire? And the usher's like, oh, no, no, no. It's just hot in here. That's all. (laughs) Well, if you do find yourself feeling sick, you would be wise to take a COVID test. But are those COVID tests in your bathroom closet still good anymore? The CBC News headline asks, can you still use that COVID-19 rapid test even if it's expired? What do you think? Well, it depends what you want it to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nope, I'm clean. <laughs> Look at that. Wait a minute. This says I've got COVID. These old tests don't work don't. at all. Fiona, can you or can't you? I'd say they would still work. You would be correct. Uh, Health Canada has extended the expiry date of your tests. Conveniently. <laughs> it is now 24 months after the manufacturing date. <laughs> so so they can just change the expiry date when it's convenient. Uh, that gives me a lot of hope. Yeah. <laughs> the tests are always so stressful and weird anyways, because the T is if you had it, but the C is control. So the C always shows up. But that's so stupid because COVID starts with the C. <laughs> and every time you see the line, you're like, oh, no. And then you're like, oh, no, it's the other one, the T. Well, the, t- the T stands for too late. Yeah, it's counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so look at the date when your test was manufactured. And if it's manufactured less than two years ago, you're good. And by good, I mean probably maybe sick. (laughs) (laughs) That brings us to the end of this week's Because News. Our champion is Eric Peterson. Distinguished honor of reading our credits. I am Gavin Crawford, and I will be holding my own press conference on housing right after this taping because, frankly, I don't want to be the only one who didn't hold one this week. <laughs> we will see you next time. Why? Because Thank you so much for being here, everybody. Give it up for Miguel, Rubens, Eric Peterson, and Fiona O'Brien. Hey, Canada, this is Eric Peterson, winner of Because News. Congratulations to my runners-up, Fiona O'Brien and Miguel Rivas. (laughs) Because News is written and produced by Elizabeth Bowie, David Carroll, Gavin Crawford, Phil Lung, and Jess Klemowski. (laughs) This week, they had help from Chris Siddiqui, John Blair, rounding out the team is Aaron Conway, Bronwyn Page, Errol Gonsalves. And our recording engineer, Paul Hodge. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.